Okay. Hi, everybody. Hi, Lawrence. Hi, Philip. Hi, Laurie. And uh, we're back. We've got uh, some interesting things to talk about today, but I'm going to start off with um, recently I've had a few people that are friends on Facebook and maybe a couple of comments on YouTube, on some of the YouTubes that we've done and podcasts that, you know, what's going on? Are you guys not flat earthers anymore? And um, my, my answer to that, and I'll, and I'll let you guys speak to it also, is that in the conventional sense of the word, flat earth, um, my answer would be no. And what I mean by no, I'm not a flat earther anymore, is that um, flat earth, as mainstream calls it, is completely tied to the flat circle, dome-covered, uh, circling sun and moon, stars, flat earth. And I, I I, don't believe in that at all and haven't for quite some time, and neither has Lawrence. Um, and most people who have listened to us for through this journey know why, because we have completely and utterly debunked that model. Um, recently, uh, people like Mark Sargent, who uh, purports himself to be a leader of Flat Earth, uh, did a debate, if you want to call it a debate, uh, debate format with uh, an astrophysicist. And, um, of course, the whole time he held that model in his hand, a uh, very fancy, nice, golden model with a beautiful lens dome over the top of it, blah, blah. And um, if he, he's going to purport himself as a leader and people are going to let him do that, then they, by consensus, uh, have allowed Flat Earth to be hijacked to be that, that map and model concept. So, no, I don't believe in that and haven't for quite some time. And so um, I, I, can't, I can't say that I'm a conventional Flat Earther anymore. The Earth presents as flat. The pres if if you look at the um, the uh, um, the the I, I guess the proofs, you know, no curvature, on and on. It presents as a globe. If you believe that, it has its own set of, of dogma that makes it a globe. And it also presents as concave to those who have gone off in that direction um, with its own set of dogma. And so um, I've moved on and, and, and I am investigating what, it, what I call supernatural construct. And the reason why I use supernatural is because it was supernaturally made by a creator and um, we are limited to the laws of, of, of nature and science and so on uh, and our uh, technology and abilities to conceive it. And so um, the recently the uh, mainstream globe astrophysicist types like Neil deGrasse Tyson and Elon Musk have been using the word simulation and pushing simulation. And in their explanation, they are saying simulation means 
that we live in a matrix, that we live in a computer construct, that, uh, you know, nothing is, is uh, biologically real. And they're also the ones that are pushing for um, the AI singularity, uh, you know, futuristic, everybody's going to be in a cloud, everybody's going to be connected, so on. And that that will be the matrix that they say we already live in. And so I'm going to leave it at that for now. And I'm going to let, you know, Lawrence and Philip talk to it, uh, to that idea briefly. But as long as flat earthers um, allow spokespeople like Mark Sargent to rise to the top and be the ones that are always contacted by the media to talk about flat earth, and uh, the same thing with the conventions and, and all of that stuff. All of those people are pushing that map and model as, as flat earth. And so, no, I 100% don't believe in that. And, um, and um, I'm going to continue to do what I can do to uh, belittle that whole map and model thing. Um, it's not helping the Globers to do that. It's not helping the concavers to do to, by doing that. It is uh, getting away from what I think was a conspiracy rollout, false system uh, perpetuated by these same said leaders. So um, you guys are muted. Whoever wants to go next, unmute yourself and take it away. Yeah, so, you know, we've had several years of looking at Flat Earth and trying to work out, you know, what it looks like, what the shape is, what the heavens and celestial bodies are all about. Um, but it doesn't work. We can never get it to work properly. And, and I think that's because we are in the machine. We are in the confines of this machine. Um this construct which for me this construct is it's a, a limited range of frequencies uh, and it's part of a, a bigger machine but the only way you could see the whole of this construct that we're in would be to be outside of it so imagine that we're in a in a, a clockwork mechanism and we're just some little cog part within it there's no way we can see what the whole looks like because we're trapped within there at the moment. Um, so trying to explain or, or go any further with flat earth is pretty much pointless exercise because we're never going to be able to go there. Uh, not while well, we're uh, in the meat suits anyway. We may be able to go there when we're outside the meat, meat suits, but I think when we get to that stage, it will be a, a different range of frequencies and it will be a, a bigger construct that this construct is within it as a as a sub part so you you talk about a sub matrix laurie i think it's a subcontract sub construct within a within a bigger construct um we've got all the familiar players out there who are still singing to the same hymn sheet whether they got together at the start and said yeah we're going to stick with this pizza pie map with a big ice wall around the middle with the sun and moon going round in circles um, and stick to that no matter what, um, 
that's that's the way they seem to be going because we've had Mark Sargent doing that interview that um, that you, you mentioned earlier, um, where he's talking about ice balls once more. Um, you know, his usual, you know, his usual from a, a game design point of view. So he's he hasn't changed one jot from the day that he that he got into it, and the same applies to a lot of the, a lot of the others out there. So. You know, we weren't going to go, go any further um, staying on that tack. So we've moved away from Flat Earth because we want to know where we are and, uh, and what this is all about. And you know, and for me, it's, it's as much about this life. What it, What is it? You know, well, what is beyond the meat? So what are we made of? You know, we know we've got the, we've got, we know we've got the meat suit um, and we may have this light body within us which is the same shape and everything else is within us. We know we've got, so they say anyway, we've got an immortal soul and we know we've got this other soul of sorts, which we call the ego. And I know you've, you've got this committee of 100 in your head, Laurie, and I don't know who all these, all these voices are that you have in your head. And, you know, you're just a, a bystander there listening to all these people yapping away and arguing the toss about, you know, what's what, but, uh, it's fascinating when you start when you when you know that this is a, a supernatural place that you're in um you, you tend to chill a bit I'm, I'm i'm quite chilled about it i'm not getting stressed out about stuff like i was before because um i know there's something out there beyond this um and obviously in the fullness of time we will all get to to see what it is um, and we may be going to to different places it depends on the, on one state of mind i think a lot of what what is is what we create with our own minds i think we're far more powerful than we can possibly imagine i mean i'm i'm not going to labor on about it but I've, I've done a remote viewing session and i thought it was i was extremely skeptical about it and they picked three famous landmarks and all they do that the, the presenter of a a remote viewing section will will give you a series of places somewhere in the world that you will have heard of and you'll assign a code to it they could just make these codes up it could be anything um, but when you write the code down and you just let your hands move around you start sketching things and I drew these three things that this presenter had uh, and it quite freaked me out because I mean you know it's like knowledge is out there and we can tap into it um if you can get yourself in the right frame of mind i think the human species is far more powerful than than we you know than we've been led to believe and we've been dumbed down so far that we we put all these limitations on ourselves and we shouldn't we should you know um have greater expectations of what we're capable of doing and, but yeah, as is what we're where we're heading. It's uh, we're heading for the singularity. It's full steam ahead with five G. Uh, if people want to do something as a as a, a truther, you know, to protest, then forget about vaccines and and all this stuff. Vaccines and um, you know GMO foods. If you're going to stop one thing, you've got to stop five G because once that goes ahead, that is the end of life on earth as we know it all, all your souls will be stored in a big computer bank somewhere 
uh, and you may have some limited range of thought but you'll be mostly the hive mind and they'll be doing the thinking for you um uh you know and you'll be basically you know um a cyborg of sorts you know um, but life on earth is not going to be the same and i can imagine people are going to be uh, chipped at birth with the equivalent of an iphone shoved down their brain <laughs> so i'm seeing it's going okay philip um you're a little you're muted so you might want to unmute too um the uh You've been listening to us for a while and others uh, regarding Flat Earth. And um, I'm not really sure that you ever fully went into the Flat Earth thing. Uh, probably skated around the edges for a while. But um, tell it, tell us, tell the listeners um, where, where you're at with regards to, I guess, your belief system or your challenges right now. And this is Philip Muldoon, everybody, who's joined us once before. We had some bad sound problems, but now we've got him back, and hopefully we can hear him better this time. Um, flat Earth. Um, it's very interesting. That That's why I thought it was a very interesting concept, the whole idea of the Flat Earth. Um, just how it works, basically. And... Uh, the other thing is, if you think about the heliocentric model, there's a lot of complexities with it. And I know they say, oh, if the earth's flat, that means there has to be a god. But if you're really honest, with the heliocentric model, there also has to be a god. Because how could the planets stay in the right orbit, turn at the right speed, be the right distance apart? The way they have claimed that it is and all these things is out in outer space all these different planets stars everything nothing really goes wrong except maybe an odd asteroid hits the earth or something but you know minor minor problems why does the earth stay in orbit that's what i was always fascinated with with the heliocentric model what keeps the earth in orbit rotating at the right speed and the distance from the sun to the moon and what keeps the moon in orbit going around the sun but then i've well along with the rest and around 2015 i found out about the flat earth and i thought well this is a lot different but um you know what way does now that what way does this work so well, well i think we've got part of the story but there's a lot more to learn i think most of it is unknown so <laughs> i haven't a whole lot to contribute but i'll try and do whatever i can well um okay so let's let's move on that that sort of answers the question as to you know those who were wondering who haven't maybe followed us for a while or first time listener type person uh, why do you call yourself flat earth conspiracy still, you know, I can see where you did when you first started, but, um, it's ironic to me that, uh, the origination of, you know, what I grabbed as a website domain name and, and, uh, and, and started this channel with and so on flat earth conspiracy, uh, 
was initially I thought it was a conspiracy to, uh, you know, hide and then to expose the flat earth. Um, as time went by, I quickly realized that the flat earth, as it has become mainstream known, uh, was was a conspiracy rollout, uh, a, a psyop, if you want to call it that. And uh, because if you didn't believe in the dogma that was presented to you as I'm a flat earther and you questioned any of the so-called gurus of flat earth um, with regards to the map, the model, anything, you immediately got called a shill and you were ostracized and uh, Lawrence and I have been in the fringe flat earth category for quite some time. And so, um, but it was a natural evolution uh, to, to really look deep into what people were saying. And, you know, again, I will bring up the Mark Sargent, uh, it, uh, debate, if you want to call it that, it was entertainment as far as I'm concerned, uh, that w just recently happened uh, with an astrophysicist who said he was a Christian. Mark suddenly said he was a Christian, um, which surprised me because I, I had never, I haven't followed him in quite some time, but I had never heard him say that before. Um, but what was really interesting was when Mark was postulating on the ice wall around the outside of this pizza pan disc that he held prominently in his hand the whole time as, as if it was, you know, it's a little godlike icon. Um, and I, I called him out on this years ago, um, especially when he kept using the Truman show enclosed system, blah, blah. But anyway, the astrophysicist said, well, that's curious because we were thinking, you know, we're planning to do a uh, balloon launch uh, circumnavigating Antarctica. And Lawrence and I have uh, uh, be believed for a very long time that, you know, there's a top with ar the Arctic and there's the bottom with Antarctica and they're both cold and frozen and the sun circles around obviously the the you know north pole um and there is evidence that it is above the horizon or close to above the horizon for 24 hours in the antarctic summer which can't happen on that circle model but anyway, this uh, astrophysicist said, you know, we're we're going to launch these balloons and we're going to circumnavigate uh, Antarctica. And, you know, Mark laughed and like that's going to take a while to go all the way around because there's a 200 foot ice wall all the way around Antarctica and went into the Antarctica Treaty and and the whole nine yards. And um the astrophysicist asked him, how long do you think it would take take to go around? And Mark, you know, how long do you think it will take to go around with with your model and our my model, vice versa? And, you know, Mark made it out to be, oh, you know, went into Captain Cook and went into, you know, all the talking points of uh, uh, 
bird and all these guys and how massive Antarctica is and how you can go for hundreds of miles into, you know, into the interior. And, and so he had the astrophysicist guy hooked on some of the talking points, proofs of flat earth until he went into that. And then he completely lost the guy. And that's where you lose a whole lot of people is on that surrounding ice wall, you know, story. And so um, it will be interesting because Mark will get his hat handed to him. Uh, and of course, you know, most of the flat earthers who follow that map and model won't believe it. It will all be a big conspiracy when they say, well, it took us, you know, 14,000 miles around the perimeter of, of Antarctica uh, or, or something like that, you know, and, and he'll say, no, you know, it's got to be 60, 65,000 miles to go around and, and so on. And so science is science. Once somebody does something and proves something, uh, you know, they're, they're, yes, there is lies and yes, there's compartmentalization, but, I'm sure they'll do whatever they need to do to log this journey. And, um, and so to, to just come up with something like that, like, like Mark does um, destroys the credibility of, of people who know better and who think better. Uh, so yeah, you're right, Lawrence. He's never come off the same talking points since the beginning, but anyway, um, I want to move on now and, and uh I want to talk about something that Philip has brought to the table uh, a little bit, and that is um, how distances work with our eyes and therefore telescopes and long distance zooming cameras and so on about the distance of things out there in the, you know, in the skies it's one thing to try to measure distance using cameras and and uh, and telescopes across land. We all know how far the eye can see, roughly three and a half miles uh, from the ground. And when you elevate yourself, like up on a mountain or a tall building, yes, you can see farther. Um, sometimes you can see 20, 30, 50 miles. That's without telescopes or zoom cameras. Um, with the use of those devices, though, uh, you know, recently, like a, a week ago, NASA comes out with, oh, my gosh, you know, we found a black hole. And, of course, the Internet laughed their asses off about it with the big golden donut looking thing that was all blurry. And um, I lost count of how many funny memes I saw. Uh, regarding this big circle donut thing, you know, all you got to do is post a picture of one on a Facebook thread and everybody dumps their cool stuff on it. And it's like a mile long of haha, you know, look what a joke this is. And so, but now, you know, of course, they're saying that the, this image was a compilation of, of data that was accumulated and put through a computer, you know, algorithm. And this is the picture that came out of what a black hole way out there in space looks like. So I want for uh, I want to talk about 
um, and and we can do the exercise that that you showed Philip with the paper and and let people at home try this themselves. Those who are listening on the podcast who can't view this, uh, we'll talk through it so you can understand what we're what we're talking about or. Uh, you can go on the Flat Earth Conspiracy YouTube channel and watch this video. Uh, it's called Computer Simulation Theory Goes Mainstream and 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 see this part. So, uh, Philip, let's talk about how far you can see, how far your eyes can see looking through a device. You're muted. Like a good hangout user you're still okay. muted okay and and through a device like a camera and a lot of the new cameras all have zooms on them most uh, now people have got away from zoom cameras because they've went to the phones so you don't really usually have a zoom some of the newer phones has a zoom on them Zoom yeah, but it's not much of a zoom. But it's not much of a zoom. It's very limited. Now, the thing is, um, I've only just seen that there about the, that donut thing that has come up, and it's supposed to be, what is it, 53 million light years away? Mm -hmm. It's not 53 million miles away. It's 53 million light years away. Right. That's the amount of time. You know, it takes 53 million years for the light to travel from that black hole till here another <laughs> question is why why does that light travel from that a uh, black hole if it's such a black hole and it sucks everything in why does it not suck in the light why does it emit any light at all when it's well because it's only a hole it's not you know growing it's only a hole uh, well, and why is it surrounded? And why is it surrounded by light? Like, what is that uh, light source that is surrounding the black hole that it's you know showing the nice black hole in the middle of the nice orange glow? Do you see what so, I mean? So, uh, you could talk about cameras, but cameras is a subject on their own, really. And a simpler thing in a camera is is this here, a wee piece of paper. See, just mm -hmm. like that there. So just, uh, Philip has a in just like a in scroll. Europe it's called an A4 sheet of paper in US it's called the eight and a half by eleven sheet of paper rolled into a tight tube what about an inch uh, uh, opening about an inch. it's just okay. about an inch there and the thing is um, if you go fold it the right way you get the long side the long sides a foot almost just about a foot almost. And you can obviously look through this. Mm -hmm. Now you're not going to see very far because there's no there's no lenses in it. But the thing is, I've set this just straight. So this this side and this side is the same size, roughly. So the thing is, if you look into it, you can see that this is close to your eye. So this is visually to to your eye. This is bigger because it's close to your eye. This is one foot away. So to my eye, this looks smaller, obviously. This is all obvious stuff. There's nothing complicated. But that's the reason I'm telling it, because it is simple. Uh, this, to my eye, looks big. 
this domain looks small. Now that is the exact speed that things get smaller. And that continues forever. So if that's going 53 million light years, that tube, that will continually get, that's, that's, it's that size small, but it, if, if it was extended on, it'll be smaller still, and it'll continue to get smaller forever. Now, right. how the question is, how can light travel 53 million light years or even four light years? The closest star is supposed to be about four light years away. So that takes four years for that light to travel from the closest star to here. Yeah. Now, Billy, thing what, is, what about just a mile, say? Imagine you got a pipe that was a mile long and you'd looked at, I bet you couldn't even see the end of that. If it was like an inch diameter, I bet you couldn't even see the other end of a, a mile long pipe. No, I mean, even if it was so perfectly straight, uh, no yeah. wobbles, bends, curves, nothing, you would no, not no. see anything out the other end. Uh, it closes in really, really fast. If it's an inch, it'll close in like it wouldn't go as far as the door there in the room. It'll be closed in, you know. But uh, the point that uh, I'm trying to explain, I haven't actually explained the point. The thing is, this is a visible piece of paper. Now, the thing is, if you can imagine the same thing in your mind without the paper, but this, the same fact that this is a certain size here, one foot away is a certain size there, another foot, it's smaller, and another foot further, it's smaller still, and that continues, and you just use your mind to imagine it. Mm -hmm. But use the paper just to get it into your head, and then just imagine how much smaller that'll be 15 feet away. It'll be, from my perspective, it'll be completely closed, and I will not be able to see through it if it's perfectly straight. So, following that theory, then, or that concept, um, if the moon were 238,000 miles away, uh, how would we see it? If the, the sun were 93 million miles away, how would we see it? I don't care how big it is. Let's go on to explain. doesn't matter how big it is because you wouldn't be able to see it. Our vision can't go that far. The, the with, point with, is, the, with the imaginary tube uh -huh. idea. So that's why they are saying that if they have telescopes all over the earth and they're talking about radio telescopes to see this donut thing, uh, if, you have, if you have the things further apart, all these radio telescopes all around the earth, then the earth becomes a big tube, a bigger eye. Like mm -hmm. instead of a, an inch, it's the full set 25,000 mile diameter tube. Okay. And that's what you're looking through. And that gives you the wider field of view. So that vanishing point effect, that tube effect will be bigger. So therefore you'll be able to see further. And that's basically what they're trying to put across. But that, in reality, that would be no good if you're looking 53 million light years, that would not work because the tube would still be too vast and too long. And by the time you go to, to see the other end of it, it, it will have vanished into a spot. It will not get anywhere close to that distance. So, <clears throat> the, so what, so then 
extrapolating on that, what we see in the sky is the, you know, stars, planets, sun, moon, shooting star, which I happened to see one the other night. It was the fastest one I've ever seen in my life. Um, all the twinkling stars that we see, all, all of that would have to be much, much closer, right? They absolutely have to be close or you could not see them. And would they be the size that they are if you can see them? Or would they be smaller than what they really are? Because it's the same way as looking down a row of train tracks. If you're standing on the track, you know the track is parallel for however many miles it goes because that's how trains work. <laughs> they, they are always equidistant apart. <clears throat> but yet to your view, you're standing there looking down a you know tra railroad tracks. They, they come to a vanishing point at some distance. And, uh, and the par what were parallel lines now are convergent, convergent lines. And, and they, they, the lines come together and the whole thing vanishes. So uh, the same as looking down a very long corridor in a, it's in a hotel or something, you know, it, you know, the corridor is the same size all the way down. It's probably eight feet tall and, you know, six feet wide. And yet at the end, it looks like it's, you know, a few inches tall, a few inches wide. And so that's, perspective i mean you learn that at an early age when you're drawing or you don't but if you become an artist you learn about perspective and vanishing points and um and so um it's something to think about as uh sort of a, a proof because uh philip took some took some video of uh sewer pipes that he had laying around and he's working on his property. And uh, what was the length of just one of those sewer pipes? About eight feet long? I think one of them's about eight and nine, it's about 14. Okay. And then if you put them, two of them together, it's roughly, roughly about 21 or two feet. And, two and what's the diameter? Lawrence, could you mute um, please? What's the diameter pipes? of think, the eight inch? about six inch. Okay. I think they're about six inches. So um, looking down this tube, putting a camera in the opening, looking down this six inch by, let's say, eight foot, nine foot sewer pipe um, angled, you know, across the property to a house on down yonder. Um, the view, the size of the house was very small and the opening at the end of the pipe was much smaller than six inches looking down through that. Um, and, and the longer you add the pipe together, the farther you're looking, the smaller the object out the other end is going to be versus you look away from looking in the hole and it's larger. So um, it, a long tube, even if it flares a little bit at the end is going to, get make the object smaller uh as, as it as you're looking through it so 93 million miles away if the sun were that's why they say it's so big because it's so much farther away than the moon um 
that 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 that's why they're the same size roughly um with that much distance but what you're saying is by the way we see way our eyes are it wouldn't matter how big the sun was and and how far away it was our eyes can't see that far so many people Lawrence what was it that you measured uh using some formula how how far away this the sun was above the earth and the moon some like 40 it miles was this, the moon worked out the, the moon worked out at um, 50 miles beneath the sun but uh, the problem was if you if you can look, look at it from uh, different times of the year and at different elevations and angles and uh, you end up getting a different result which makes you'd always get the same result if it was real but it's not real I mean it's funny like Ronnie and Jason I mean you know what they're they're running with this things that the sun and moon are you know personal and subjective and I think they're correct whether why they're you know but I, I see Ronnie and Jason on being the same side as Mark Sargent and the likes of Globebusters I think they're all just part of the same team and are pretending to be uh, um, in opposition to each other. But uh, yeah, the sun and moon, for me, they're subjective. Um, but I, it worked out, whatever it was, it was about, uh, I forget the exact figure, it was about, about 3,000 miles up. Well, okay, it was so. Real, but it's not, but it's not, but it's not, it's not real. If well, it's subjective, real, real if it's subjective, is again. then it's, yeah. Uh, Okay, so just even using the word real uh, versus not real um, or subjective versus, you know, um, some proof type, you know, thing. Well, the whole idea is, is that we all know that there's different tracks the sun and the moon take. Uh, during the year, the seasons, um, whether the sun's in Capricorn or or Cancer or in, somewhere in between, it, it's going to have a different tra trajectory. So then, it yeah, it's going to appear to be farther away or less bright, maybe even. Um, I often watch sunsets. You know, when you live in Florida, everything's flat. I watch sunsets you know, nearly every night and a lot of sunrises. And I always find it so fascinating that when the light starts to appear before it rises, but when you, you know, it's coming and is you look right at it and that's the brightest, you know, where it's coming from, that's the brightest point. And then as the light goes away from it, um, it's not lighting up the whole horizon, which it should, if it's so huge. And if it's coming straight at you, there's always a, like a circle of light and you can look, you know, 90 degrees to the West or 90 degrees to the East uh, uh, or North to the South. And there's a, a marked difference in the amount of light at the horizon. So, it's another one of those, the sun is local kind of thing. And um, I don't 
think it's a projection when you know because that to me that means it's not real that it's some kind of a projection i could go down to the beach and i can watch the sun go down and drop below the horizon big orange sun drop down the drop on the horizon let's say it's a seven o'clock in the evening which would be like one o'clock where you are and that's saying if it's the same sun you're looking at the sun right high up in the sky fiercely hot where you live and i'm just watching the sun peacefully going down where i am it, there's no way it's the same thing we're looking at it can't be just, just can't it's all subjective there may be one big sun which is for the purpose of uh, astrology and stuff like that but individually we're all looking at something that's connected to the mind and it's our own personal appreciation of what we're seeing. It's not the same thing. We're, we're not, you're not looking at the same thing as I am from a different place. You're looking at something subjectively from where you are. Well, thinking, uh, you know? okay. Part of me says, you know, maybe you're not quite explaining it to my understanding, uh, the, the subjective part, but, then I then I it makes me think about circumstances where, you know, when you first got involved in flat Earth and you joined groups and you became friends with every flat earther that wanted to friend you and so on, and they lived all over the world. And did you notice I didn't say around the world? They lived all over the world. And so, for example, you know. You live in UK. I live in, you know, Southeast US. Uh, I have friends in New Zealand, Australia, all over Europe. Uh, not that many Asian, you know, countries, Chinese, Japanese, blah, blah, because we don't have that. I don't have that many friends in common language wise, but they post pictures of, you know, well, oh, here's broad daylight and it's, you know, here's the moon. And I'm at night in the dark and there's the moon. It's the same day, same hour, same everything. And they're looking at the moon in the day and I'm looking in the moon at the moon in the, in the night, in the dark. And then you have to say, well, is that the same moon? I mean, it looks the same. There's this angled a little differently because of the location, you know, Tycho, the belly button on the moon is, you know, maybe in the bottom right-hand corner. And to me, it's in the bottom left-hand corner or, or something like that. Is that the same moon? It, you know, is that the subjective part? Because how can the moon be in the light in the day in the dark at the same time? Because then someone will say, well, you dummy, because the sun's over there with it. And, you know, it can become quite confusing and I can talk to a globe believer or a concave believer and express the same opinion. And they each would have their, you know, dogma filled explanation for what they, how they explain it. Um, so it's really hard to use language even though we all three speak the same language english i speak american english you speak you know proper english uk english british and philip speaks irish english 
but it's all the same language and we have all the same words yet, <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> yet we don't have words to define easily the imagery we're trying to portray and the, uh, you know, the, the thoughts associated with that. It's like, well, I keep saying it's almost like we have to come up with our own new language of words to describe because, again, just like with flat earth, now we're getting into, you know, time enough that new terms are jumping in. Simulation, construct, realm, uh, people are having to dummy up words to describe things. And so I can't, for the life of me, go full on, I live in a computer matrix simulation. Even though I have used those words to describe what this is, okay? Um, but I'm even getting pushed farther away from using those words because of people like, the mainstream scientists suddenly picking up those words and using them to describe something completely different that I don't believe in or that I don't agree with. So they're going to win the race for the, for the definition of the words because they're mainstream and because they're, you know, going to get repeated over and over and they're, definitions are going to get repeated with it because they have the ability to utilize the mainstream media to extrapolate and explain and, and, and paint mental pictures. So that that's why I'm being very careful this time by not calling myself something um, that is getting defined by somebody else other than me. Yeah. I, I mean, you, sometimes you can look at the moon and it's absolutely enormous. And then sometimes you can look at the same moon and it's a quarter of the size. But if it was really a rock in the sky, um, and let's assume it was a rock in the sky with the heliocentric model and it had slightly different orbits. And maybe it got a thousand miles closer on the heliocentric model. Well, the thousand out of 250,000 is, is a quarter of a percent or a third of a percent. It's neither here nor there. It wouldn't have any bearing on the size of the moon. But you can see such huge variations in the size of the moon and the sun. You know, I've seen the sun going down, great big, huge orange thing coming down. And then I've seen a little tiny sun going down. And um, you know that can't be a lot of objects in the sky. And you know, a lot of people are using all kinds of fancy scientific terms for, you know, refraction and light bending and uh, magnification because of atmospheric conditions and so on and so forth. Because the size of the sun and the moon from the earth, from the distance yeah. that they purportedly are, would change so minutely from one season to the next or one day to the next, that it would be nearly discernible. Uh, I mean, undiscernible. And so, and so I don't, I don't buy into any of this, you know, 
well, we can explain it this way, we can explain it that way. Whether you're explaining it from a flat earther uh, pseudoscience perspective or a global pseudoscience perspective, or even, you know, let's face it this way. If you believe in concave and all that is happening above your head is in a circle in the middle of the circle, okay? It's like the yolk of the egg inside the egg. And I mean, there's no way that it could get that much bigger or smaller or all this refraction and magnification and blah, blah going on because there's all the, the size of the earth doesn't swell out and, and get smaller and swell out as the seasons go to make that happen. And then that, or otherwise this ball in the center that it contains the heavens can't get bigger and smaller. Not, I mean, I, I can't even begin to wrap my mind around why anybody would think that either of those. So, um, The reason why I am holding tight right now to supernatural construct is because of the, the, the two words broken into three, put a hyphen between super and natural, <clears throat> is because the word construct means it was made. Okay? It was constructed. It didn't happen because of Big Bang. It didn't just appear out of chaos, blah, blah. Okay. And so something or someone constructed it. So there's that part, the supernatural, um, in, by my definition means, <clears throat> and this is why I broke it down from the matrix to the sub matrix, <clears throat> the matrix itself the construct itself was made by something or someone, God, <clears throat> and the super part is that, okay, we can't make it. We can't define it by laws because we, we can't, we can't make it. So if you can't make it, how are you going to define it? You'd have to reverse engineer it, which is what we've been trying to do for years now, right? We've been trying to reverse engineer what is it and how was it made? Or who made it? All, all of those questions. <coughs> but mankind has ways of scientifically measuring, testing, repeating certain uh, experiments to prove certain things from hypothesis to theory to law. There are natural laws. We, we know one of the laws of the great flat earther is what water always seeks its own level. And so that's an, that's a man-made man understood law of nature. Okay. Water never bends except on the top of a glass with surface tension, blah, blah, but on it, it will flatten out in, in its containment. So the super part and the natural part, that's where the hyphen goes. Okay. Cause we can't do supernatural things. Mankind cannot. 
And we can act like we can sometimes. And sometimes compared to other humans, we might perform some supernatural thing. Okay. Like you were talking about the remote viewing. Um, anybody who hears about remote viewing the first time and who's never either watched it or uh, participated in it is going to go, oh, yeah, it's just magic hooey, whatever. Their demons are talking to them in their head <laughs> or whatever. And, um, but then if you participate and in your case are successful, then that is a, a super above natural ability until someone tests their own ability, right? I mean, maybe you will give me this code and you will say, draw what uh, what it represents and I can't. Does that mean I, I'm unable to remote view? Or does that simply mean that I haven't tapped into the same um, cloud of information that you have? That's really all it means. Um, so... Getting back to to trying to define and describe a lot of these anomalies that don't fit into any of these models. They don't fit into globe. They don't fit into concave and definitely not into flat earth. Flat earth as mainstream describes it, okay, defines it now. Um. I feel bad for a lot of the flat earthers who questioned the globe, got over into flat earth and then got stuck there and didn't move any further. Didn't won't give up on even people like Jaron and David Weiss and who I, you know, was had a debate with and, you know, I made some very straightforward pointed questions that they just blew me off. And, uh, you know, well, we're just going to have to agree to disagree. Well, you know what? In my science world, that's not good enough because if you can't argue it and you can't win me over, then I'm, to me, still right, okay? And there is only one truth. I mean, every all truthers go by that motto. There's only one truth, right? So what do we do now that, we have separated out again from the pack and 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 keep asking questions and then try to define and and then try to explain it to other people to see if we're if we're right because how do you even experiment or test supernatural how Anybody? Well, it's self-evident when you're getting reality changing, isn't it, Laurie? You know, when things actually, you know, they've changed. You've got hard evidence that they have changed. Um, like I got the postcard of uh, of the American Airlines jumbo jet, and you can go and look at the history of the. Uh, of the Boeing 747, that that aircraft that I've got the picture of, it does not exist. It has never existed, but it's existed in my mind and lots of other people. Well, and minds. it obviously existed in the postcard that you have. Somebody yeah. made. 
not you. Yeah. You didn't make it. Yeah. I see. I think they are making deliberate mistakes. Um, they're putting stuff out there for us to find. And I was telling you the other day about these two Boeing, Boeing and Airbus are the two big aircraft manufacturers. And there's been allegedly two Boeing 737 Max, which is the latest Boeing aircraft, uh, have crashed recently. One was Lion Air and one was, I think it was Ethiopian Air. Um, but I was looking at some of the photographs of it and I'm thinking, no, I'm not, I'm not buying this. Uh, it's very convenient that they, these places, planes crashed in very remote areas where nobody goes. Um, there's no evidence of any planes there. You see some bits of engines, but don't look like anything like the engines on the planes. None of the fuselage is there. None of the markings on the planes are there. And on one of them, there was, you know, when the, when the police cordoned off an area, if there was a murder or something, mm -hmm. they got this tape. This is one of these, it was either Ethiopia or the Lion Air, I think it was the Ethiopian one. And the, the, it was cordoned off the, the crash scene, the crash site with tape. And it, the, the tape said Crime Stoppers. And then it had got a phone number. So I thought, I'm going to look up what that phone number was. And it was Crime Stoppers in Alberta, Canada, of all places. Um, and he's thinking, well, so was that crash scene not in Ethiopia or wherever? Was it up in Canada? And it was just using a load of crisis actors. You can see when they show you the footage of, of the, 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 the relatives taken to the site that they're crisis actors. It's so obvious, but it makes you wonder why are they actually pretending to have all the have these these the, these uh, disasters when they're not they're not really happening? What what is the point? Where are they going with it? Well, you know, those kinds of things are always like hindsight is twenty twenty. Um, you find out later that there's some kind one. of an agenda that that was a precursor to that agenda. It's, it's quite satanic as well because on one of the crashes they gathered all the clothing of all the crash victims and they took them to the port you know where the ships go and they laid everything out with these suitcases and well right at the front the focal objects were several pairs of red shoes the red shoes were like unmarked they were bright shiny red shoes well we know red shoes have got some satanic meaning well that it, red shoes are the, actually pedophile a symbol well, well i don't i don't know what the, the meaning is but it was so obvious that there was there was something you know some some hidden meaning well, you there know what? as to why they did that i so many of these kinds of things i try to not get involved in too quickly because there's always a crew of people who are breaking, breaking, breaking. Here's my opinion of what happened. Or, you know, there's this crew that everything's a hoax. Everything's a false flag. Everything's crisis actors. You know, they, they, they will find the evidence to say that it is. Okay. Um, news medias play into it because they're always coming to the own. They got to be the mainstream media has always got to be first at the scene to, you know, put the story together and do the report or it's the opposite. 
there is no mainstream media. It never gets covered by them and it only gets covered by the alt media. And so, yeah, <laughs> but, it, but it gets, it gets upset because there was, I was looking at one of these crash scene investigations in one of these Ethiopian ones. And they've got these people going around the wreckage site, pick, picking up little tiny bits of stuff. Um, and there was about seven of them. And they were all wearing different colored gloves. And I'm thinking now, if it was a proper official, you know, um, crash scene, they, they would have a, they would be issued with a set of gloves each from the people organizing the, the you know, the, 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 the air crash. They would all have the same colored gloves and uniforms on, but they're all different. Well, see, this is the kind of thing that I I understand completely what you're saying. And and I used to get really into it before, but I guess now my mind has, you know, by experience, my mind has been through enough of these um manipulations, is what I call them, whether they were false flags or hoaxes or staged or not. Um, there's been enough of this kind of stuff and it's the, it's the way that it's reported that, that I pay attention to not how they did it or why they did it, but it, how they report it because how they report it is what interests me to figure out what, what the agenda is, what the purpose of it was. And so that I can be on the lookout for, the you know agendas the only way that i feel like i'm going to be you know keep my sanity and keep the fear mongering away in the future is by being able to understand what what the end game is and what the agenda is just like 5g you know i saw this coming several years ago when they first actually i saw it evolving when they went from 3g to 4g that they wouldn't be putting numbers on them if they didn't intend to go to five and six and ten whatever okay i mean every update you get on your computer oh sea cleaner new update 8.2.7 you know because last one was 8.2.6 and that's uh, yeah, all that's the all for tracking yeah well, that's that's yeah. all for their tracking. It's not for us. Do you really pay attention to what update number something is? So, with you know, with regards to three G to four G, uh, in my mind, it <clears throat> it's always been about how many more people do we have connected? How many people are left to go? How because they. If, if they never went a step further, if they never went past 4G, <clears throat> we would all just get used to what we have, right? I mean, if this is the best, most modern equipment, whatever, that we can, that, that, that we're, have made available to us that we can buy, um, then, then this is it. This is as good as it gets. And so yeah, we expect not, the equipment all, all along. We've expected the equipment to improve because it has always improved. Right. 
As a matter no, of not, fact, it's, it's not. It's not. It's slower now than it was ten I, years well, ago. Well, I know, but we talked. You know, we've talked about that. You're going to slow it down when you want people to beg you for more, and that is based on addiction. Okay. Um, the first time you ever drink coffee, you go, God, it's bitter and strong, and wow, what a weird taste. And then, and then, once you become addicted to coffee. If somebody gave you a cup of weak coffee, you'd go, cop, come on, give me some coffee, you know, coffee. And then and then you try some espresso and you go, oh, man, this is awesome. This is like a kick in the teeth. Um, and and it's the same way with drug addicts, you know. Uh, well, I'll just try a little bit of cocaine. Oh, man, that was awesome. And oh, but you should try some of this and then that. And then pretty soon you're doing heroin or whatever. If you're an addictive personality, which most humans are, we already know that about ourselves. And so if suddenly tomorrow you had no Internet and you had no cell phone, OK, just those two things only everything else you had. You had no internet and no cell phone. What would you do with about half of your day? Because think about it. Before you had cell phones and you had internet, what did you do for entertainment? What did you do with your spare time? A lot of people don't even have any spare time anymore because you know why? They spend all the time they can online doing something, whether it's gaming or chatting or groups on Facebook or whatever it is. So think about it. You know, I mean, you go to a party, people gather cell phones and put them in a basket because if they actually want to have exchanges with other people, like play a board game or, or, uh, you know, watch a movie together or whatever it is where you actually have to participate full on. And, and so washing machine, I mean, think about it. When was the last time they really innovated a washing machine and a dryer? When was the last time they really innovated a refrigerator or a cook stove or a microwave oven? I mean, really, looks like the new, the, it's like totally run differently, made differently. Not not that much Never. in comparison to the technology of capturing you online, doing something, being something. So, so 3G, 4G, 5G. I just heard President Trump not that long ago making a speech about we got to be right at the forefront of 5G and even 6G, he said. Like who started talking about 6G? We don't even have 5G yet. And yet he's already talking about 6G. And I'm thinking, is he trolling like he often does? Or is 6G the one like they're scaring you with 5G, but 6G is really where it's going to be at. And so the bottom line is people are posting pictures all over Facebook of trees cut down on, on city streets rolling out 5g because the trees are going to get in the way. And, you know, and I'm trying to think, how is it that a tree gets in the way, but it can go through the wall of buildings. I mean, what's the deal with the trees? 
you know, oh, it's the leaves, the leaves moving around, interrupting the, the waves of the, you know, microwaves of the 5G. So none of us really know what the truth is and why, but we know that it is intended, all of it is intended to capture us as much of our time, as much of our our, uh, of our mind and thinking as as they can with with internet stuff and so why do they want to capture everyone can it really be to sell us more stuff because think about it i don't know about you but my consumerism can today compared to 10 years ago or 20 years ago is is barely a percentage of what I used to spend money on because I have everything I need. Only time I spend money is when I have to replace something important, you know, like a new washer and dryer or a garage door or a roof or something that's, you know, I have to spend money on. But do I go out and buy clothes all the time and, and jewelry and new shoes and a new car? I'm driving a 1998 Honda still. 98. How many years old is that? It still runs fine. Why should I sell it to buy a new car to have payment more payments? So I'm not a consumer. What is the point of all of this yeah. trying to sell us stuff? It isn't that, and you know it. It's now control. It's, they want to steal your soul. Yeah, they want they want to steal your soul and your and your mind and have it in some big database somewhere with limited access for independent thought. That's what they want, and that's what they're going to get because they've already captured most of the market, haven't they? Everybody's got these handheld devices now. Everybody watches YouTube. Well, so about two thirds of people watch YouTube now, not on their laptops. Or they're watching it on these little. They're watching icons. it on phones. They're watching YouTube yeah. on screens this big. Okay. Yeah. My yeah. my boyfriend's mother and father are mid eighties, and both of them have devices and a, and a desktop. And she watches YouTube videos on her phone um, and, and he's on the computer. They both have uh, little tablets that they read on and, and do stuff on. Um, and they're in their 80s. My mom, my mom doesn't even have internet at her house. So there's two, two parent units, mine versus Jimmy's, who are totally the opposite uh, as far as technology and let me tell you jimmy's like an internet guru guy okay the minute something's not working at his parents house my, my tablet my phone my our computer our internet our netflix whatever it is bingo on the phone how do we fix this can you when are you coming over to you know fix this and so they're they're addicted just like everybody else. Once you get it, you're all in. You're addicted. There's no a little bit of using it. 
Philip, how how is it how is it with you? What how do you how do you compare this and what do you think about this 5G? Uh, 5G is scary, so it is scary thing, you know. Um, there's really no need for it for normal use, but it looks like they're going to push it out because they want total surveillance. Surveillance. Um, they probably want to radiate us, you know. You see, from what I've been hearing, um, some on the Fullerton Informer, I don't know, he does a lot of repeating himself, but I, I have listened to him and he, he does, it, to my mind, he, he's talking sense. Who are uh, you speaking of? Uh, Fullerton Informer. He, he's calling, he calls himself Fullerton, Fullerton Informer? Informer. Okay. He's on YouTube and he drives along in his car and he talks. Okay. I think I've but, heard it. I've seen maybe a YouTube of that from that guy. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's quite a few in every country who are on YouTube, just full on hardcore they, 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 talking yeah. down 5G as, as hard as they can, as fast as they can. But so, you're saying you're saying what I'm thinking. It's about surveillance more than it is about anything else. Yes, but also from what he is saying, um, it's a millimeter wave. So mm -hmm. it's a very, very short wave. And because it's a short wave, the least little thing will trap it. So the, basically, it doesn't travel far. Mm -hmm. You know, the way long wave travels a long distance and even short wave somehow travel. It's AM, do you see? Travels a long distance. Um, but that millimeter wave doesn't travel far. So they, they have to have a lot of transmitters all over the place and receivers. They're going to have to put these things up on nearly every pole. You know. Okay, so billions of dollars, and this is what I'm reading, billions of dollars in each country to put 5G, you know, to to to, to hook all up, up all this 5G. Now, there will be lots of people who won't be able to afford a new phone that's 5G capable because it is different. It is different hardware, okay? It is different technology. And so also they're going to chip everything. And, and, and this is about reading all the chipped things. So they'll know what your, when your refrigerator is running and when your um, you know, washer is running and, and probably the tap on your, on your uh, water is running. So it's a, it, I mean, it obvious, like, do I care about any of that? Do I want all my household devices with Wi-Fi capabilities for what? Do, do I need to be able to use my phone to make sure my refrigerator's running? They already have all this ring technology. I don't know if you guys have that over there, but here, every, you know, they have ring, ring as a brand. Ring doorbells, ring uh, home security, ring this, ring that, okay? Um, ring outside security lights. It's all apps on your phone. Somebody comes up and rings your doorbell to leave a package or to for whatever reason, and the, your little camera on your ring doorbell picks them up. It activates the camera. It sends you a ping. 
to tell you that someone's someone's at your door and uh and you can watch it live with it. do i do i yeah. give a crap about they, they, any they, of that okay so it's but but guess who else is watching guess who else is watching guess who else is listening to your alexa alexa turn on some rock and roll music okay and people go oh well you know it only turns on voice activated you have to say alexa what are you talking about it's sitting there waiting for you to say its name so it's already on it's already listening it's listening for you to say alexa blah blah alexa is just a trigger for it to do an action okay but it's already listening and most of our devices are already listening. Most people I talk to, they, I mean, they're constantly mystified that, oh, I was walking down the street and I, and, and I didn't even like um, say anything out loud, but I saw a sign for Kentucky fried chicken or whatever. Okay. And I got home and my computer started showing me ads on Facebook for K Kentucky fried chicken. How did that happen? And that's not a coincidence. Well, because Kentucky Fried Chicken has an app. They have Wi-Fi in their stores that I that you can. I mean, how many times have you seen people saying so and so checked into such and such airport or so and so's eaten at Hojo's or whatever? Okay, people sign up on purpose that they're at some place. You just went by a Kentucky Fried Chicken that identified and pinged your phone to advertise to you. Yeah, they're, they're doing all sorts of tricks to, to, to stimulate demand for stuff. So, like, for example, in the United States, there's a new drama series started, season two. It's called Killing Eve, um, and it's made by the BBC, of all people. And you get to watch it in America like six months before we do over here. And everybody over here, I don't watch much. I watch a bit of drama to break from, you know, normal stuff. Um, everybody over here is playing out. Well, yeah, this is the BBC, the British, you know, and they're letting the Americans watch it six months before us. What's going on? Why are we paying? We have to pay a license over here. Well, a lot of people don't. But you've got to pay a license of about $250 to watch the TV, whoever's one, you know, plus you've got to any, all the pay for view, you've got to pay for all that as well. So it's like in America, imagine you would pay just to have a TV in America. You'd have to pay. If it was the same as the British. You'd yeah. I can't even TV. imagine that. Um, yeah. I, I've yeah. never understood why the British allowed that to happen. Well, never. They do. Yeah. They do. I mean, it's A bad lot. enough yeah. that you have to pay for cable. Okay. There are some yeah. broadcasts done by, uh, some of the local stations that people can pick up without even having any cable paid for, but you have to have a special antenna to be yeah. able to get that. But to me, um, when you add up certain things like the rollout for uh, certain countries to use digital um, monetary financial, okay. Um, credit system, the rollout in China for the social credit system, um, 
the Bitcoin, which is digital, um, and you can go on and on. All of these things are going to culminate almost simultaneously, but it will be couched as um, a benefit to you. It's going to make it going to make your life easier to have it this way. And so the um, the overall purpose of it, though, is is super surveillance. I mean, look at look at the all of a sudden, you know, after how many years now did uh, Julian Assange has been stowed away? Uh, suddenly he's been arrested and he's going to be extradited to the United States and, and so on. Uh, nothing he put out years ago is it going to be of any surprise to anyone. Maybe it'll be some, you know, full-on evidence of something but again you know there there are people who think he's a hero uh he and snowden and then there's other people who are on the total opposite who say oh no they're cointel pro they're uh you know they're they're controlled opposition um and so or they're counterintelligence agent whatever and so both could be the truth until until you really know and but at the end of the day this 5g thing is going to be the tip of the iceberg it is not going to be the thing it's just going to be the beginning of the thing and because a year ago i bet you i didn't hear the internet of things that term I bet I didn't hear it maybe once every six months. And suddenly I hear it associated with everything, 5G, everything, the internet of things. Okay. And the internet of things is everything completely connected. Now, who's it all connected to? Because it's not all connected to me and it's not all connected to you. So who's it all connected to, to what, to where, to how? That's, that should be everyone's question. Individual governments are going to have their amounts of connectivity. Um, the, 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 uh, the agencies that own the, con the connection, uh, like Verizon and AT&T and all the big, telecommunications companies all are going to have their portion of the connection. But at the end of the day, who's at the top? Who's the big server in the whole thing? Okay. And why? Because why would, why would anybody want to know whether my toaster is on or not? Why would anybody want to know where I'm driving in my car and what I just passed by? Okay. And, and I don't even remember. Maybe, maybe it's like the future memory bank of, of all of us. Oh, yes. On uh, December 2nd, 2018, at 1 p.m. in the afternoon, 
you were driving by the Starbucks at the corner of Bee Ridge Road in Beniba. Oh, okay. That's important. Not. Philip. Maybe they want to scan us and study us enough and then they can make clones clones of us. So well, possibly. It could be part of it. Well, but look at look at it this way. If um I don't know about you guys, but in the U.S., the the big stores are getting bigger and the small stores are kind of almost going away. OK, now they're talking about a $15 an hour minimum wage or $13 an hour minimum wage, that that is the least you can pay someone to work. OK, most of the cheap stores and fast food places and uh, and low educated labor, blah, blah. Um, can't even afford to live on minimum wage now. Okay. So they suddenly make mandatory raise in the minimum wage. Well, what happens? That's going to cause business, some businesses to either go out of business because they cannot afford to pay that without raising their rates a lot or whatever. Um, the big stores would be able to consume that, absorb that for a little while, because guess what? Coming down the pike is automation and robotics, where your job's going to be replaced pretty soon anyway. So we don't really care. I don't know how you how it's going over there, but it used to be you went to a big store and there would be maybe 10 or 12 checkout lines with cashiers. Okay. And multiple people in every line. Then they started fewer lines and the lines got a little longer of the people, a little bit, a little bit more wait. Now this isn't waiting time. This isn't so much in the grocery shops as it is like at the home Depot store or something like that. Now they have maybe two checkouts with the people in them. And all the rest are self-checkouts. Do you have that? Is that happening over there? Self-checkouts? Okay. And I said years ago, oh, people don't go to the self-checkouts because that's just, they're just churning up, getting, getting rid of people's jobs. And, and pretty soon it's all going to be automated. Now you go into the McDonald's, some of them, you go up to a, a kiosk and you make your own order and someone, people in the back are cooking it or whatever. And then someone comes up and ser serves it to you or calls your number and you go get it. And so even those kinds of jobs are going away. So um, all of this is culminating at the same time, all coming from different directions and if, unless you can connect the dots to see what their end game is, um, I mean, in the real world, wouldn't you want to create more jobs and less robotics because you want to employ people, you, you know, so you can brag about how many jobs you created? Are robotic jobs real jobs? Are some of the jobs that are being talked about, we created 500 new jobs in the, you know, um, industry sector. 
how many of those are real human jobs and how many of them were are robotic jobs. So convenience is killing the people. Too much conven so-called convenience yeah. is killing the people. Well, not the shops are shipping, aren't they? There's not many people buying from shops anymore. If everybody's buying stuff online, okay, there you go. in the post. I don't, who's I don't go shopping. You know, Kate, who's, Brett, who's Kate, the richest but, guy, Lawrence? The richest guy you hear about now. Who is it? The richest guy? Well, you mean, I mean, like, I don't know Bill if he's Gates. like the richest in the world, but who who's like well, one of well, the wealthiest who, guys out there? Well, you've got you got the usual suspects, but we know Jeff they're not. Jeff Bezos, the, the owner of Amazon. Yeah. And do you know how many yeah. jobs are automated at Amazon? Yeah. No. They got um, robots sorting sorting stuff and putting it on shelves and keeping track yeah, of I'll where what with, is. With, with Amazon now, you can order in the UK anyway, don't in America, you can order something at. 10 o'clock at night and then we'll deliver it the next day mm -hmm. and the same because you know clothing. why because they have district they've set up distribution centers all over the place within so many miles yeah. of every major city and yeah. within uh in, in, and the minute you're online order the minute you hit you know buy and you get that email that says your order's being processed it literally is being processed and yeah. Yeah. um yeah. And, 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 you know, they have the trucking systems and the organization of delivery so perfectly organized now by zip codes and postal numbers and city GPS. And they say that it won't be long before they will be delivering your packages by drone from Amazon. Drone. Well, I'll tell you how good it is. I'll tell you how good it is. I mean, I buy a few oils from America from a firm called Eden Botanicals. And I can order some oils at nine o'clock on a Monday evening. And they'll be here Wednesday morning at nine o'clock, which is, which is bizarre. Because if I ordered them in the UK, it would take at least two or three days longer to get here. Well, it's because just, totally that company, bizarre. Lawrence, has a distribution center. Are you ordering it direct from the company or through Amazon? No, directly from the company. Uh, because they are they have set up distribution somewhere over there uh, to have already cleared through customs and the VAT tax is. and all the other crap you guys got going on over there. I get stuff, from, you know. I get stuff from India. I can order stuff on a Saturday morning from india delhi and it'll be here monday morning uh if i ordered something on a saturday morning from a company in the uk it would be i would be lucky to get it the following saturday yes so it's just showing you that other countries are sort of uh, in some respects they're, they're light years ahead of the british in terms of getting stuff well done. i i truly believe that you know you're not getting it all the way from india when you order it you're getting it from a distribution center somewhere close by in, in close European country inside the EU already. Well, in some cases you may, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. If it gets there yeah, that fast, so. I mean, Philip, well, how no, long you, did it take? How long did it take from the time you put in the post that jar of honey that you sent me 
How long did it take before I called you and said I got it? It was over three weeks, I, I think. It was over three weeks. Three weeks, Lawrence. Yeah. Yeah. And there and it was in a totally obscure package. And I'm sure they ask you, does this have any explosives or whatever in it when you posted it? And you know, three weeks. So that obviously was not from some distribution center. That was from Philip's home post office to my home post office across the ocean. Oh, yeah. No, it goes all around the houses, doesn't it? I mean, they just... They, no, they well, just hell, it could have gone to Japan for all I know. I mean, and and so getting, getting back to um, the... Let's tie this together because there is a tie. The we said we said from pretty early on that flat earth was rolled out. Okay. And I've said pretty early on Mandela effect was rolled out. Tartaria was rolled out. Um, simulations now being rolled out. What? Yeah. What, well, what purpose? What purpose? Yeah. What purpose does it serve them to roll this stuff out? What I mean, well, maybe they're what does it benefit really. them other than controlling the narrative? What does it benefit them to roll it out at all? It, it must be something to do with the new world order because that's what the big thing is they want to get and they want to get it up and run so what's it going to be it's getting mainstream because i was i was in the town the other day i was just walking into town to um to post a few things because i had to go into town to buy something which you don't very often and they, they always come and try and talk to me the people in town who were who are selling something they usually what they call them chuggers i don't know what they call them over in the states we call them chuggers over here um, and what they do, they sell, they collect money for charities, but they get a commission for um, for selling you, you know, getting you to sign up. Um, so I always say to them, you know, I said, well, you're wasting your time talking to me um, because I don't possess a bank account. <laughs> anyway, I end up getting, talking to this young girl and, uh, uh, and I start, so, you know, so I, they, they're glad to get rid of me in the end. So I, I start. To, to, I didn't mention. I didn't say the word Mandela effect. I was just giving her an example of something. And she says, "Oh, you mean the Mandela effect?" And I'm thinking, well, "These are just normal people on the streets. They know about the Mandela effect. Uh, it's it's all going mainstream. All this stuff. It is. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, all you got to do is be yeah. on Facebook and have a little bit of a uh, um, cross section of friends." you will have uh, an anti-vax or an ex-vaxxer. You, you'll probably have a chemtrail person. You'll probably have, um, you know, everybody's got maybe an anti-GMO or an anti-Monsanto or something. Everybody's got a 9-11 truther in their friends list. And then you'll have your, you know, generalized, um, left wing, white, right wing political types. But now consider this with each of those, you got that six degrees of what is it? 
how many is it? Six or nine degrees? Six degrees of separation? Six. Yeah? Six. Um, and so your friends are going to be um, uh, infiltrated with all of their friends and their friends and their friends because everybody shares things that they find interesting, right? So it, there's no way you could avoid hearing about anything that's trending like Mandela or 9-11 or, you know, I mean, flat earth, any anything like that. And all of the hoax things like Sandy Hook or, or, uh, or you know, whatever hoax of the week it is, um, whether it's a, a real hoax or a false flags false flag event. And so you're inundated with all of these opinions all the time. And most of the time, you're not really even paying that much attention to it. You're just scrolling and scrolling and scrolling. And so, but it's all getting input as, as well as the ads and the other stuff. It's going into your subliminal consciousness. Maybe that's why I have so many people talking in my head all the time. They're all really paying attention to all these things. And so you're going to get a general um, emotional and psychological effect by everything that you see and read and scroll by. Um, and there's days when I spend more time than I would like on, on Facebook, for example, or on YouTube. And I feel the effect of it pretty quickly. And I have to shove the chair back and go, you know what? This is a downer day on my news feed. Or this is a puppy day on my news feed. I'm not interested in, you know, one after another cutesy puppy things. Um, and, and you can just feel these trends coming through. Like, um, you know, one day it'll be uh, kind of inundated with memes of philosophical up or down type stuff. And, and it, it, you know, it affects you whether you like it or not. No different than watching a scary movie or a, a you know, drama cry movie and going to bed and having that on your head, you know, on your mind. <clears throat> 5G, everybody's heard about it. I mean, there's nobody that's escaped hearing uh, e either about vaccines, chemtrails, or 5G. You could not have escaped that if you're on any kind of social media. Now, some of the other stuff, maybe, but not, not those. Now, but there's so much disinformation and propaganda and uh, trolling agents working nonstop that how can any of us, unless we take our own time to research, how can any of us have a, a true understanding of, of what we think about any of these things? I mean, a lot of people are just like, oh, they rolled their eyes when you talked about Roundup and Monsanto chemicals and, and all of the stuff they spray on everything and how you should only eat, you know, organic until 
suddenly the guy in California who got cancer from um, from spraying Roundup for his job. He was a groundskeeper kind of guy. And he got uh, 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 awarded in by the jury something like $258 million or something. It was a huge amount. Suddenly, hey, those people were right. This is a dangerous chemical because the court said so now. Yeah, and, and in the UK, all dogs are compulsory chip now. Um, and, and they now sell cat flaps, which only let your cat through the cat flap. So if you've ever had a cat, and you've had other cats coming in through your cat flap and running amok in your house. Now you can get... Amazon have just got an advert come through here. You can have a, a cat flap, which will only let your cap in. Oh, you've got to be kidding be, me. I, I'm not kidding. You know, I no. hadn't heard of that one. Now, that's a... Yeah, I mean, it's a good doing. idea, I guess. Some other gadget yeah. to sell you, right? Yeah. I mean... Yeah, the, the cat or, has to be or no, or no cat flap at all. You know, in yeah. the United States, you're not even supposed to let your cats out to run free without putting them on a leash uh, because of so many feral cats. Um, and, you know, they kill the birds and they kill the rabbits and they kill the squirrels. And so you're not supposed to let your cat run out to go to the bathroom and then come back in through a cat flap. I mean, my neighbors had raccoons in their garage from <laughs> eating their cat food from from uh, their cat flap. So, you know, uh, chipping your dog. I mean, they always know where your dog is, right? Now, yeah. why would they want to know where your dog is? I know it's for the purpose of selling you a gadget so that you can locate your dog if he ever gets lost, right? But if somebody... It's down to getting us chips, isn't it? Well, you know, when it gets to the point where... Everything's chipped. All the merchandise you buy, people don't even look. They see these boxes and they, you know, buy a gadget and it's in a box and the, you know, they take it out of the box and maybe they keep the manual and put it in the drawer and then they throw the box away. That box already told whoever's following, tracking that box with that little plastic thing stuck on the inside of the box. That's already been tracked where it ended up being going, what house it, it went to. They already know yeah. you have one of those now. It wasn't just supposed to be tracking for the store or for the, you know, the trucking company or, or you know what I'm saying? They know, yeah. they know where it went all the way to the end point and, and they know when it went to the landfill, <laughs> probably. So done and done. I just think of it this way. Um, it's you remember when we had the conversation about chemtrails where you said, um, why would they be spraying stuff in the sky that they're also going to breathe and it's also going to get on their food and it's also going to contaminate their, you know, air and water and soil and, and so on. I look at that same thing with this 5G. If it is this microwave energy is so harmful. Um, there's nobody going to be safe from it. 
it's going to be in every government building. It's going to be in every, you know, they're trying to keep it out of schools. Uh, but it'll be, it'll be everywhere where humans are. I mean, they're even talking within the next five years, it'll be in every rural area in the United States. Oh, it probably may not be detrimental to your health in any significant way, but, but that, that's probably, that's not the motive, is it? It's to, uh, it's to steal your, steal your soul, you know, so you, you're not able to think for yourself. That's well, there would want, be people it? who would answer that question that say those that are rolling it out and are, are like, you know, the reptile species people or something, and, and yeah. it's not going to affect them. You know, they're immune to it or they actually like it. It will, you know, makes them feel excited or orgasmic or something, who knows? And so, um, but think about, it's another one of that same kind of line of thinking. Um, I, you know, I've used microwave ovens for years. I probably had one of the very first microwave ovens and a microwave oven is a Faraday cage. The radiation's not leaking out of it coming at you. It's what it might be doing to your food you may not want. But um, those that are those that are really warning about it uh, are not as onto the health detriment part as they are about that. This is the same microwave that it can be used as a weapon. Right. I mean, they have they have weapons that that obviously that they've used for decades that are use sound waves. And as a matter of fact, I remember many, many years ago, I guess it was early 90s when they had the first Gulf War. Where. um they drove Saddam Hussein back from Kuwait. And all we heard about in the United States, you probably heard it over there too, was about um, what was his guard, his some kind of guard, Saddam Hussein's uh, superior fighting soldiers. It was some kind of imperial guard or something. I can't remember the name of it, but that it was really going to be hard to get them and that, you know, they were really superior fighters. And suddenly they laid down their weapons and they tore their T-shirts and they waved white flags in the air and uh, and gave up just like that. And there were people who said, you know, they used some kind of a sound of silence weapon on them or something. And that made perfect sense to me. Why else would they just give up so easily when they were supposed to be to the death type fighters? <clears throat> so I can't really say, I don't really know. Um, I've heard all the warnings. I've heard all the alarm alarmists and, and I've heard the opposite, you know, what are you doing? Lawrence mute yourself when you do that. It was the Republican Guard. The Republican Guard. There you go. And they, um, and so, and so I've also heard the pro side, the pundits, but they're all the tech people. They're the only ones that are touting it as the greatest thing since sliced bread. 
I also have read that who and what countries own the most patents for the technology, and that is China, uh, South Korea, um, I think Sweden or Finland. Um, Israel, Israel. Israel. And they're not even going to use 5G, but they, they own the patents. And the United States is like down the list as far as patent holders. Okay. And so monetarily, what is there to gain? And so I think it's another, I, I, I'm just going to put this out there. I think it's another cold war. I think it's another, uh, instead of using, um, nukes on each other and nuclear proliferation and all of that stuff that we went with, with the cold war, this is uh, with the uh, nuclear cold war. This will be an economic cold war based on who controls the back door to this technology. And uh, I think it's who, why, H A U W E I or something like that company uh, says that they're the only technology that doesn't have a backdoor that won't be hackable. Um, who knows? I, I, you know, I don't know. This is what I'm reading, but I look at it as to hear people like Donald Trump go, we ought to be first. We got to, you know, roll this out and 5g and even 6g, you know, uh, and everybody seems to be in such a rush. Uh, certain c big cities are already rolling it out. Certain countries, Ireland is going to be one of the first. It, they're they're pushing it big time there. Um, and and so think about that. If if information is the most valuable thing on earth now, and it is more more valuable than gold and silver and whatever because you can buy all of that with information then whoever controls the flow of information and the most access to it it wins the cold war economically what does that sound like yeah we know they're into algorithms don't we and you know they want they, they know they've they know what you're going to, they even know what you're thinking, don't they? they you know, sometimes I think they week, You know, they know, they, they know what you're thinking and you're getting an advert for stuff that I've had stuff come up that I haven't even put, tapped a key in. I've tapped like three letters in it and they know what I'm looking for, you know, but you wouldn't have, you know, the chances of knowing it randomly is. No, because add it all together. They've, they they you've tapped in a couple of things you maybe have looked at a couple of ads uh you may have spoken about it with your phone nearby or your tablet or your laptop they're listening on anything they can well, listen well the alexa's listening in isn't she alexa's listening in so the you know the, do you have alexa the, yeah there you go of course but I, I turned her off today because she was making a load of noise and she sometimes I, that Alexa throw it in the trash bin, Lawrence. That was a dumb buy. Throw that one in the throw that in she, the trash bin. Starts chipping in when she hasn't been asked a question. Mm-hmm. We haven't got that one, but I'm surprised. Like I'm surprised you have that. I never I it's, never went there. It's just for music, you know. 
So the AI is the big thing that's going to make it even better for them because it'll be able to program itself. The computers, they are big computer systems and all be able to upgrade themselves. And Sure. Yeah. I mean, well, I watched you know. it. I watched a Netflix series years ago called um, Person of Interest. And it lasted a couple of seasons and then it was over. And the whole gist of the show was about all of the things that are tracking us and um, and about an AI that this you know brilliant guy created as uh, a weapon, basically, but not really for this surveillance state. And before you knew it, it somebody created uh, a... Uh, another one. And so there are these two AIs um, competing for superiority and the guy tried to destroy it and decided that he had, he shouldn't have done that. It was like creating the atom bomb or something. And that was a bad idea. And so he decided he was going to destroy it. Well, it knew that it, he was going to do that and it put itself on copied itself and put it on servers, random servers that he couldn't track. And he thought he destroyed it and, um, and it put itself back together and lived, lived. Mm -hmm. And so that was a precursor to me. Uh, those kinds of shows are always, you know, predictive programming. Um, and I thought there there will come a day where this will this will be true. Um, all sci-fi starts off that way and then turns into reality, except space. <laughs> uh, nobody's going yeah. to space. And yeah. so anyway, um, Philip, do you have any updates on more thinking that you've done about analog versus digital before we? close it close up shop um i didn't really do much to be honest i got obsessed about the microphones and reading about the different qualities and types and i'm, so, have a... I'm sorry i got you guys so bummed last time about all of our crappy sound quality that lawrence went out and bought a blue yeti and spent three hours today trying to get it to work with his computer and couldn't and was hating on me the whole time and Philip, you got a, a microphone. You got a good deal on yours, though. How much did you pay for it? Oh well, I I got I, I, mine actually hasn't come. That I got a lens of this here microphone. Oh okay. And the wire, but I've got the wee box. It's called a Tube Ultra Gain Mic Five Hundred, and it's wee it's wee uh there's a valve in it, so it's okay. analog at the front. So the microphone feeds from the microphone down into it and it amplifies it and then it converts it to digital and then it's plugged into the computer. Oh, cool. The blue, the blue Yeti has an analog to digital converter built in. Everything's built in. You just plug it in. Right. Well, that's the way it should work. <laughs> that's the way it's supposed <laughs> to be. Show us your microphone so those who hear you sounding like you're still in a cave. This, this is it. It's it, it's not plugged in. It don't <laughs> bloody work. 
Lauren spent three, spent three hours today to go into YouTube fix it videos, trying to find out. Um, and you know, I mean, I have a blue Yeti here it is. Okay. And I've had it for years now and it was plug and play, but there was one little thing that I had to do that had to something to do. Oops, sorry. That had something to do with the settings. Um, internally in my machine that had to take that default off and allow the blue Yeti to work. <laughs> I was so excited. Oh, I was like, Oh my God, for the first time in almost five years, me and Lawrence and the guest Philip are all going to have nice microphones. We're going to have great sound oh, quality. Conspiring against <laughs> and, and Lawrence was like the worst mean curmudgeon <laughs> when he first came <laughs> on tonight. <laughs> microphone. Well, I did say, Laura, your ears must be burning. I mean, I, I thought, just plug it in. That's it. Well, it's, <laughs> So when I plugged it in, my volume went all together. So on all these YouTubes and you know, typing in searches, reading all through, trying all these things. None of them worked. And then one of them said, you've got to disconnect the existing microphone. But when I went in to start with, my micro, the, the, the Yeti is listed as, as as one that I've got. It's, it's, it's detected it. Right. So I had to go in and remove the existing one that I had beforehand. But when I took that away, it's took the Yeti away, and now it doesn't light up when I plug it in. Okay. So I've got nothing on that one. That, so now I'm on my little laptop here. Yeah. <laughs> well, just let me just let me say, you and I are going to have a one-on-one -on -one hangout, just us, and I'm going to get this fixed for you because I know how many people have had this problem, and it's not the Blue Yeti. It's a great microphone. As a matter of fact, you know, I could sell them for for because i be, i believe they're good good equipment but every different machine has a little tweaky things that you have to do and you have windows 10 i believe your operating system and so that's most of the people have had the worst problems with windows 10 with blue yetis but most of the people who have problems with their computers have problems because of Windows 10, period, about everything, about updates and about all kinds of crap, which is why I'm still on Windows 7 and will not update to, to Windows 10. And pretty soon, probably my sh machine won't work anymore because there's so few updates that I can put into it. Um, and this is another one of those things where one of these days, there will be, the world will have one or two machines, and that will be it. You either get machine A or machine B to pick from, and that will be all that you will be offered. And um, because it will be their machine that they can control or they can, you know, do whatever. And the days of all of these small manufacturers with all these different varieties of products, I think are going to, I really think are going to go away because there's, it, it'll be some agenda 21 type or agenda 2020 type or 30 type um, 
purpose. And that will be, you know, we're trying to limit the resources being used for all the manufacturer of all these different products, which I've been saying for years. I mean, that's a good idea, but they'll make it to their benefit somehow because it is a good idea. There should only be so many kinds of things to buy. Um, I don't care if you're filthy rich or dirt poor. Uh, if you if you need to buy a computer, they should manufacture the best quality machine that you can buy and make one price, and that's that's it. That's what you get. Um, and and it should go across the board that way. It should be that way with everything: refrigerators, stoves, cars. Doesn't matter. Too many kinds of too many things. Um, it's just a waste of resources. Um, yes, I, I, I have had a personal visit with Jacques Fresco and he taught me that and he's right. Um, but think about, think about it this way too. Um, if there's a limited amount of resources and there's a limited amount of things you can buy, then that means there's going to be a limited amount of manufacturers and a limited amount limited amount of sellers and so on and so on. And so there will be only a few stores selling stuff to people at some point. I mean, and in every location, it will be just called the store or the shop. And that's where you'll go and you'll get everything there, just like a local Amazon or Walmart or whatever. You guys have, oh, you got to have Walmarts there, don't you? We have, we have Asta, which is the British version of Walmart. What's it called, Aster? Asta, A-S-T-A. It, it, it used to be, Asta is an abbreviation for Associated Dairies. But it's called Asta. Walmart, Walmart bought Okay. Wow. You know it's the number one employer in the world besides militaries, right? Walmart. Well, we hear stories about, yeah, the horrible companies uh, across the whole world. It is the yeah, largest. Yeah, they're, they're horrible in the UK as well. They are the horrible. Well, I mean, it, it's a it, it is horrible, but that's what you get when you when you wipe out all of the small stores. Um, every Walmart that went into the United States in whatever city, it wiped out. You know, the competition. Uh, or, or or slowly or quickly, either one, and <clears throat> because they always had it cheaper. And for many years, I wouldn't. I, I can't even tell you when was the last time I went in a Walmart store. I won't go in them. I won't spend my money there. Jimmy does, but I, I won't because I I have a uh, sort of an ethical um, thing about the way that they ravaged the United States small business stores uh, when they when they first started out. And and as a matter of fact, it's probably one of the only times I ever went to a council, a city council meeting to voice my opinion about one they wanted to put in in a neighborhood. And I I, I actually went there to remonstrate against it and they didn't get the license. So I said it's. It's a whole lot of uh, things into the underground from there. Oh, the tunnels and stuff? Oh, yeah. 
Oh, it's it's uh, the the conspiracy theory is that it is there's tunnels all across the United States connecting all the Walmart um, major stores together that uh, at some point when things go underground, they have a system already in place for moving, moving everything around underground. But you or I types wouldn't won't be won't be allowed there. That will be the elites type thing. That's that's the conspiracy theory. So, um, you know, at the end of the day, you know, we get on here and we talk for hours, and um, we don't get that many views on YouTube. And you know, people are probably kind of surprised. It's like, what's going on? Why is nobody watching them? And because we don't have watchers, we have listeners. Um, and so we're, our podcasts are uploaded all over the place. I mean, we're the number one uh, flat earth type podcast out there. And I'll give you an example. Um, it's easier. I mean, podcasting has grown in leaps and bounds versus YouTube watching. Uh, it's a trend. And it makes sense because people don't want to sit in front of a screen. So they're on their phone listening. They're downloading it to their, you know, iPad or iPod or their smartphone. And they can, you know, put their earbuds in and listen, you know, at work or on the bus or driving to work or whatever. So a, uh, uh, one of the episodes like this one, for example, might might reach five or 600 views over a couple of months of, of people watching, but the podcast in equivalent might have six or 8,000 downloads in one day. So um, that's the difference right there. That is one of the ways that shows you that people are mobile and that, um, we're we're getting heard, but it's not it's not people sitting around on their you know computer like you, Lawrence, working from home, watching YouTube videos while you're doing stuff. Um, it's people out and about and moving and and maybe listening from their phone before they go to sleep at night or whatever. Um, hi, Lynn. That one that was for you, Lynn PM. On Facebook. <laughs> yeah, Lynn's on another one. That's what, that's what she does. She listens before yeah. she goes to sleep. Um, and so thank you to all of you who listen because, and then thank you for the messages that you send uh, to, to the website and, and, and to me, Lawrence doesn't get all of them. I just pass on some now and then, but um, thanks always for your support and for ideas that you send in and, and so on. I mean, isn't that kind of how I found you, Philip, or you found me was from, from listening. And then you sent me a message. Yes. Uh, through the messenger. Yeah. Through I, messenger I message. Right. And so, um, it, it's been, a, it's been years that we've been doing this and I don't know what the hours add up to. I mean, it's a hundred and 
20 probably videos by now that have been uploaded. And if you add two and three hours a piece, two minimum, three average uh, per video, that's a lot of talking. And so yeah. for those who have followed along with, with Lawrence and I through all of this time, um, we hope that we've made you think, because that's the number one uh, comment that I get is you guys talk about a lot of different stuff and, and think about things that I haven't thought about before. And you make me think, or you make me question. And that's my purpose that I don't know if that's Lawrence's purpose in this, but it's my purpose is just to make you think and to make you question and, and be a critical thinker and uh, question everything because um, you're never going to get all the answers. But if you don't ask any questions, you certainly won't ever. You're just going to get what all the other um, puppets, drones, useful idiots. What do they call all these, you know, all that? Well, here's, a, here's, what a, they get. here's a thought for you. Okay. Here's a thought. Um, imagine you can have your ego removed altogether. So nobody got an ego. What would this world be like with zero egos? Um, my answer, first thing out of the box is um, Stepford Wives. I don't know if you ever saw that movie. Oh, yeah. I saw the original, yeah. Um, but the problem with that movie is only the women were, you know, had the, had the robotic, no ego kind of thing, but the men didn't. So then I think about um, an old, old Star Trek episode where these people lived in Utopia. And they went to this planet, you know, Star Trek, beam me down, Scotty. And they went to some planet where everything was utopian and nobody fought and there was no arguments. And people were like, hi, and nice. And it was just cheesy and all that. And, and it, it, it just felt wrong. I mean, it just really felt wrong. So I've kept my ego in check pretty good uh, pretty well for maybe about 20 years before that I had about as big ego as anybody but um, I've tried to humble myself you know once you get shot down a little bit it doesn't take long before your ego gets trampled what about you Philip um, I was just thinking beam me up Scotty is that what I used to say uh-huh uh, the only thing that the record of that he said was um, Scotty beam me up, but there's no record on of beam me up, Scotty. No. Doesn't well, that's it? another one of those Mandela things, you know, because in my in my memory, it's beam me up, Scotty. But it only makes sense that he would probably say Scotty first because he's on the communicator, you know. Should be talking to Scotty about being beamed up. So, but that is interesting. Um, don't think you don't seem to much. have a very huge ego, Philip. So, no. what what do you what do you think the world would be like without egos? Well, the thing is, 
you don't want everybody the same you want everybody to be themselves and to develop themselves everybody should be individuals you know mm -hmm. i agree and this is the thing all this technology is bringing in it's making everybody the same worldwide and everybody's losing their personality you know well the well, ego is some of your life experience isn't it and your slanted humor on it or whatever it may be that's what makes life worth living isn't it it's the you know it's it's the crack of life in, yeah know. individuality although philip yeah. let me jump in here with this um i've watched quite a few shows and documentaries um on purpose about the younger generation you know i don't know i stopped at millennials whatever the newer one from that is that they're calling them but um they seem to have quite a problem with these with social media with regards to their their constantly having to deal with ego um, because it's all about popularity and how many followers you have and how many likes you have and and um, yeah and now you see there's, there's that many channels now where first thing they say is like and subscribe yeah you know, oh yeah I mean it's like their that. life depends on it but if you get onto yeah. like Instagram and Snapchat and some of those where it really is a popularity contest um, and people are competing with coming up with creative ideas about photos they post and, and uh, you know, it's almost like uh, fake. What is that? Uh, LARP, LARP live action role playing. Um, they're, they're, they're so competitive about, you know, who's doing what and who's driving what and who's wearing what and the whole thing. I mean, in, and there's always going to be people who are going to supersede others with that kind of competition. Uh, people that have, you know, bigger personalities or extroverted versus introverted, whatever. And so plus there's the constant bullying of competition with um oh she's ugly and you know being piling up on each other and being mean and so on and so i wouldn't want to have to be doing that I, I mean i go back to my high school years uh and and late grade school years and the way things were then and then to try to add the internet into that and social media into that i, I probably would have i probably would have blown my brains out then and as a matter of fact that i i laugh but i mean i say that laughing but then instantly it reminds me that the the suicide rate of these teenagers is escalating every day because of social media and and the battle of competing so I just try to be my own person, do my own thing. You know, it sounds real 70s and all that, but uh, I've always been that way. And, you know, I get my mindset to do something. I just, I don't listen to what other people say. I just do it because it feels like I should. And that's why I've never cared about being called a shill on here or, 
or the tranny episodes that, you know, time that I went through, uh, you know, and, and I'm like, why, hey, why, would, anybody, why would anybody Lori, care so about it's, whether it's or like not I was Korea. a tranny in today's world? This bloody blue yeti, you uh -huh. told me that I can plug my microphone in, my headset into it. Well, you can't. Yes, you can. My you can't. This is, it doesn't work. No, it only takes one. This see has got the, two. See this right here, Lawrence? This is plugged yeah. into the back of my blue yeti right here. Well, my, well, my headset doesn't plug into it because it's got two wires. Well, you got to get it to you got to get the right kind of thing, you know, for the plug I'm hole. Have to buy another headset as well. I'm going to end up having to buy a new computer to fit me microphone. This is the way it's going. Three point five millimeter. It's three point five millimeter, Jack. Standard. Oh, yeah. Oh no! I'll tell you what. This is the this is the earbud Jack right here. Uh, here, can you see it? As it goes in there. Well, this one doesn't fit, does it? You know. Oh, I, I'm not. You know, this really sucks, Lawrence, because I'm never gonna, I'm never gonna get to live this down until I spend two hours <laughs> rigging, rigging up all your plugs and changing all your settings and everything else, and then I know what's gonna happen. No, nothing else on your computer will work, I, but doing hangouts, you're just going to have to leave that one set up that way and don't touch a thing, and it's just for hangouts, and then you're going to have to yeah. go buy something else to do all your other shit on. Yeah, yeah. Now, uh, well, the, but anyway. that's not my case, okay, because uh, as soon as I get done with the podcast, I pull out the power cord USB and I, I have a floor stand mic holder, okay? And I just push it over there and I throw a, you know, cloth over the microphone to keep the dust out and and I'm done. I take my earplugs out, I throw them over the microphone and then they're all there the, the next time. And all I got to do is plug it back in because I already went through all the setting things that you have to do. But it's not just Blue Yeti. I can guarantee you that Philip will be able to testify that all all equipment doesn't always naturally go together. So there's always tweaking. Yeah, absolutely. But sure three hours <laughs> this afternoon, coming back from holiday and trying to get... And you probably were all excited. Oh, this is going to be great. Lori's going to be so happy. I got a microphone. <laughs> and yeah. then not. Yeah. And then, and then, you, all right. then you started the hangout early. And I thought, oh, right. Well, I ain't going to get it ready in time. You know? <laughs> I don't know what the time is where you are now. It must have changed by an hour. But normally you're six hours or five hours behind. We're five hours difference. Oh, we nice, had please. we had our uh, daylight saving time thing spring forward, yeah. so that it, it was six hours. Now it's only five, and nice. actually, Florida is trying to keep it. Um, they got some legislation uh, pending, I think, to keep uh, daylight savings time all year long, which would be awesome because yeah. that way we don't have to do the clock change all the time. 
digital clocks are not so hard, but I have several analog clocks around still. And so I have to physically change them, take them down off the wall and so on. And so it's a pain in the butt. But anyway, okay. Yeah. Enough chit chat. Um, if you got this far, listener, um, maybe maybe you learned something about not getting a blue yeti and expecting to to put it in your computer and be ready to rock and roll on a podcast. Um, but anyway, um, thanks Philip for joining us and thanks for getting a microphone because last time we couldn't hardly hear you at all and you saw that quickly when you listened back to the video. Um, and we're gonna we're gonna think more about your how to see distance and why you can't see out into nowhere in the universe uh, millions of billions of miles away. And that's just the way our eyes work. As a matter of fact. Um, yeah, that's an interesting point, isn't it? You know, yes. They tell you you can look up into the sky and see 93 million miles. But if you look to the horizon, you can see three. There's a bit of a big difference, isn't it, there? Yeah. 93 million miles versus three miles. Right. Well, and because <laughs> here's the difference. And, and this is this yeah. is what I this is what I was talking about with Philip when he was, you know, bringing this all up. The way our eyes work, the way our tunnel vision works is if you took a pyramid, okay, and you picked it up off the ground, all right. And you looked through it at the bottom through a hole in the top. Okay. But now it's clear. That's the way your vision works. The top comes yeah. down and the bottom comes up and the sides come in to a point. That's the vanishing point. That's how it works. And so you don't know it because you got two eyes. They're two individual um pictures that are coming into your eye and hitting on the back of your eye, your retina and blah, blah, blah. And they feed into your brain are being mixed like stereo sound, stereo vision are being mixed in your brain. Okay. And your brain is melding them together and humans have front facing eyes, right? Think about like if you were an antelope or a deer and your eyes were on the side of your face looking out this way, okay? And the purpose of that, think about it, the creator made it because those animals are always getting preyed on. So they need to have kind of almost 360 vision, right? So they need to see front and back full scale. So imagine those images being mixed together in their eyes. Now think about those weird little lizard things, uh, chameleons who have eyes on sockets that can move independently from one another. And they got a little vision on the end of them. So we don't know what they see. Okay. We only know the way we see. And a camera replicates what we see on a one dimensional, you know, flat surface. So when you're looking out across the land. You have objects in the way, okay? You've got trees and land and sky. The sky comes down to the land. And 
So you have some depth perception based on all the objects that are there to, to judge by. When you're looking up into the sky, you have no line of convergence at all. You have no objects other than the lights in the sky and clouds to be able to judge what you're actually seeing. And so you, you can't compare the two, but you have to know that the same method of seeing is being, is being used by the brain. And so you, you can see that with the airplanes. If you watch the airplanes, sometimes the airplanes look like they're almost going straight up like the space right? shuttle, but they're not going straight up. They're always flying flat. They're always flying flat. Right. It's, you know, but and, it's all to do with perspective. Right. And it looks like they're coming up out of the <clears throat> ground, flying up. Right. And it, it and and the same thing. Here, here's the other tricky part is. You know, I can totally understand why people think they see in a circle, why they think the earth is a disc, because they do see in a circle. If you go up onto the top of a building and you look straight out and and turn 360 degrees, it does look like a big circle. It's called the circle of sight because you can only see so far in any direction and the the brain is melding all of those together like a panoramic camera does, right? That's how you get a pan a panoramic shot is you take a picture and a picture and a picture and a picture. And if you put all of those together, you would have a big circle around you. But that doesn't mean you live on a circle disc. Do you see what you see what I'm saying? So you know, your eyes, they say the eyes fool you. Well, the purpose of the eyes is if you really got down to the most basic uh, structure of survival, um, each creature, whether it's a predator or a prey, their eyes are designed for that. You know, we don't see behind us because we have pretty good ears and we have fast reflexes and we have necks that turn, you know, 180 degrees. That's right. Yeah, 180. And um, we don't have that many predators anymore. You know, but even back when we were created, we didn't have that many predators. And so, but animals that do have predators, God, I keep hitting these things and it's driving me crazy. Um, animals that do have a lot of predators like deers and gazelles and little small critters. If you look at where their eyes are compared to where eyes, our eyes are, they're on the sides of their head. So yeah, at the end of the day, you see the same way in up, down, sideways and, and backwards, whichever direction your eyes are looking, you only see so many miles. And you, you see like you're seeing in a, the tube, only the tube is clear because you've got the other images. See, like that, if it's wider at one side and narrow at the other side, and if, that so, if that's the sun and the light shine, it's going into the tube and it's getting smaller so as it travels. So it is a, is a project for you, mate. Uh, yeah. Come up with some theory as to how far you could theoretically see up into the sky 
using your new science? Tube, uh, tube see we, vision. See if you can put a number on it. How far can uh, we see in the sky? Looking up, you know. Well, I would have well, to say it's can... the same as on land. What do you think, Philip? Um, well, to see theoretically, I suppose the the radio telescope theories has some some you know there's some sense to it. If you have more telescopes, then you have a bigger base. You know, in other words, you have a bigger tube, so you can see further. But the thing is, that doesn't that's no good when you're talking about vast distances. But how would you work out that number? I don't know. You know, you can you can magnify so far with a magnifier, say a better lens, it gives you bigger magnification. Thing is, if you magnify too much, then it gets hazy. Mm -hmm. So the only thing you can do is get more telescopes and have combined them all the way they say, and then you can get more magnification. But they're talking about radio. I'm basically talking about, you know, what I call light, but mm -hmm. The, the the same thing pr would probably apply to radio signals as it does to light because light is is like waves anyway so but they're not telling us that they're saying radio waves can travel for from that their distance of 53 billion light year million light years. <laughs> no well think about this too okay would you see the same distance in the light as you would in the dark okay when you're um, looking up in the sky in the daytime it, it doesn't change i um, wouldn't think no it doesn't change and the thing is if you're like looking at a star that house i pointed the tube at the star at that house well at night there was a house light on now if you had that tube on you could see that light you know but but that house is local like it's less than a mile away but if you had that house further away and you had a long tube you know you're it's going to close in Mm -hmm. And you're not going to be able to see it, and that's the way vision works. Now you can uh, you can expand it a bit with with their bigger telescopes. You can see further, but it's still limited because what actually happens is the noise takes over. It's like this microphone. If I'm too far away from the microphone, you can turn the wee amplifier up. But if you get too far away, turning the amplifier up only brings on haze and noise. We call mm -hmm. it grainy noise. You know white noise well same thing happens with a telescope you get white noise by amplifying so that's what happens when you come out of limited vision you know when the vision gets too far away you can no longer magnify so well i, I mean I, I found that to i found that to be the case out. with um i'm sorry cut you off um what was the last thing there's no way you can see them distances. I don't think you could see probably a thousand miles, maybe a thousand, maybe a couple of thousand miles. According to these other flat earthers, they say there's like 3,000 miles or something to the permanent, you know, and everything's up in there, the sun, the moon, the stars. You know, that's possible. I don't know. But, you know, there's no way you could see like, say, 20,000 miles. I don't think you could with any sort of a telescope. Well, I mean, that makes sense yeah. considering the circumstances of looking through. I mean, in a t with a telescope, 
you truly are looking through a tube. Whereas, you know, with your eyes, the tube is invisible. You can't see it. You don't have, you know, the sides as a, as a barrier. And so you're only going to get as much as the width of the end of, you know, the Hubble, for example, you know, they got an eyepiece, but the end of it is like big, much wider. Right. And it's, and it's magnified. Um, but I mean, every time I see those pictures of like nebula in Andromeda, <laughs> whatever, somewhere, you know, millions of miles away, I just, go whatever yeah sure right that's a nice <clears throat> computer generated drawing and i've seen many done like that and uh it, it it's a nice fantasy but and maybe maybe something like that might be out there that you can see like you can see the milky way um not the milky way what's it called um the the band of stars that the milky way the the band the of stars way. yeah the milky way um and so if you think about um recently the um nasa comes out with oh suddenly the moon is within our the earth's atmosphere and it's like big shock what and mm. and so that you know that should change everything to a lot of people who believe in outer space because now um, the moon is being affected by our atmosphere, even if it's really thin. Okay. And then you go, Hmm, well, if the moon is now in our atmosphere, then what happened to the Van Allen radiation belts? Are they in too? Or are they out? Or are they still between us and the moon? You know, you guys are changing the story quite a bit here. That's a big change. Um, and and so it's like every so many months, they come up with some new twist like that or like this donut-shaped black hole thing. Um, and, and so um, I, I watch things like, I mean, I watch the sky every night. I go out and I look at the moon. I know exactly when the moon's going to be back after, you know, had the full moon and then it's no moon. And then you have the first quarter and so on, new moon. And I see it come back and I know when it's going to come back. And I know what when during the year I'm going to see uh, Orion's belt pass over my house. And every year I measure um, the feet of Orion's belt follows my line front eve line of my house because my house is directly east faces east and west and i watch orion's belt and i know when it's going to come back what's you know the season and i watch it move across my house during the night and i stand on the third brick from the front porch and look up and the feet are right there and year after year now they've been the exact exact same place i mean they haven't moved an iota. So how can you be vortexing and spinning and flying and zooming through space, following the sun, following this and following that and have everything say 
minutely exactly the same year after year after year. What are the chances of that? Impossible. Right. Impossible. So, you know, you can make up as much stuff as you want, NASA, but one of these days we're going to find the one thing, the one thing, the silver bullet that everybody's going to hear and everybody's going to be able to see and prove that you're full of crap and that you've been making it all up soon. It's going to happen soon. I'm, I'm sure of it. I hope I get to be in on it, but be okay if I'm not. You could show one of the wee videos of the, the <laughs> pipe. Of the pipe. <laughs> well, you know, we're gonna we're we're gonna expound on that because you know, and Lawrence immediate I guy immediately got it. Lawrence immediately got it. His first words were Philip, that's brilliant. So uh and he doesn't say that about much. And so um it 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 uh it definitely requires more more experimenting. Maybe we need a clear tube. No, that's not really going to help because it doesn't matter. It's the, the proof is in what you see out the other end, period, right? See, if you think about how it works, if that's the sun. Uh oh. Well, there goes the entire sound system. <laughs> If that's the sun and this is the tube. Hold on, let him, let him say this, say, Lawrence. He say said I'm this before. the observer. Say my thumb, my thumb there. Is it the, okay. the tube? And it's the observer. I want to see that sun. Well, the only way that light can get from the sun till my thumb here is down through the tube. Now, if I if the tube's not there physically that you can see it, it still has to go from here to here. But as that light goes from here till me to where I am, that light's being compressed smaller and smaller till it disappears out of my vision. Any light that's going any other way, I'm not going to see it. It has to come in a straight line to me because I'm the observer. Mm -hmm. But whenever I'm looking in the opposite direction, um, I'm looking into this tube effect where... I want to see that sun, but because it's too far away, it keeps my vision's getting smaller and smaller till it disappears. So I can't see it from my end. It can't go either way. It can't go from this end. It can't go from this end. Can't Unless it's close enough. Yeah. It can't go from the sun end because the sun, most of the light's been spread all over the place. It's only the, the light that's coming in a straight line between here and me, the observer. That I'm ever going to see. Lorry's triangle, haven't we? It's compressed. Pyramid triangle. So, so it can't travel. And I'm looking the opposite you're road. You're on the ground. And it's compressed. And you're looking up, Philip. Right. And you're looking mm -hmm. up. Uh, if you're looking up into space uh -huh. and there's no tube physically. Are you no... And you're going to see a, a jumbo jet flying over at a certain height. You have to go off the official figure what that is. So what you've got, you've got the base so you know how far you can see to the left and the right and you've got that let's say the, the the jumbo jet is the apex of the triangle then you should be able to use that as a basis to see how far you could actually see uh -huh. now now well the thing is where the, where this what do you call the vanishing point uh, you know ends if it was a tube like 
Because it's no, not, because you not, wait, Lawrence. Not, let him finish his thought. Wait, I hear. It's not the it's not the limit of how far you can see, but can, you can always put on a magnifying, you know, like a telescope, right. and make it create a bigger telescope, so you can see further with a bigger telescope. Like the P nine hundred can see really far as a camera, but the thing is that tube effect always exists. It's invisible, but it always exists. And because it always exists, there's no way around it. You can build as big of a telescope as you want. You can have a telescope. The full Earth could be a telescope. But even if the whole Earth was a telescope, it is a limited vision of distance of vision. Right. Because I, I it, get that. If the whole Earth well, is a telescope. Your convergence point for your jumbo jet, and when you see it right up in the sky, it's going to be further. It's going to be further. Yeah, so you're going from whole Earth to telescope, you, it's going to see further, but it's still limited, and it's not going to see 53 million light yeah, years. We're, we're talking about the eye, right. aren't we? Not rather let, than me, telescope. let me jump a thought in here, okay? I always think in reverse. And so whatever I think, I think about it in reverse and see if it checks out. Now, if you're on the ground and you're looking at a plane flying over at, let's say, 30,000 feet, Okay. And you, it's just a speck. I mean, it's so tiny, but but you can barely see maybe the light from it or a reflection of it or whatever. Okay. And you know what the size of the jet is on the ground, the physical size. So mm -hmm. you can compare the physical size of the jet on the ground to the physical size of the jet at 30,000 feet, which is going to be a speck versus like a big ton, multi-ton thing. Now, in reverse... You're in the jet and you're looking at the ground. It sure does seem a lot closer than 30,000 feet, doesn't it? Right? Because the ground's big and, yeah. and you see yeah. a larger section of it, right? Uh -huh. But you're still looking through the tube. Uh huh. Okay. And do you see when you're looking at the horizon? Like as Lawrence has said, you can see the horizon's three mile away or whatever it is. The foilers you can see, well, what you are actually looking at, you're looking at the end of the tube of your vision mm -hmm. right along all, every bit of the horizon. It's like looking at the pin points. You can just imagine that's the pin of the tube where it gets meets, where, like the vanishing point where everything meets. It's just like pixels. And you're seeing the end points because everything has everything's meeting. All right, so so now let me think. Let, let me think this through. See if, if this comparison works. Okay, so you have two eyes. Both eyes are getting an image, and the reason why I know that this is a thing is because I have monovision purposefully. Okay, I already had monovision, but I had it perfected when I got LASIK. One eye sees close, the other side eye sees far. When I first got the LASIK, I couldn't see diddly. Everything was screwed up. Um, because I was not, my brain wasn't picking out which eye I wanted it, the image from. So the brain had to be retrained. When I'm reading, it wants to look out of the short, you know, the close eye. When I am look up and look off at the horizon, I would just went from reading, which is input from this eye, to distance, which is input from the other eye. Okay. So it took a little while to train that. Now, in comparison... 
let's look through a set of binoculars. A lot of people don't use binoculars anymore because they either have a telescope or they have a camera with a uh, zoom lens. Okay. But let's, let's say you've got binoculars. So you've got two images coming in the binoculars. But if you remember correctly, when you look through a pair of binoculars, the two images blur together and you have kind of one image, right? Yeah. All right. So you're looking through two tubes. So your eyes basically are looking through two tubes. If you only hold this eye up to there, right? But if you had two tubes and you held both eyes up to there, would you see any farther? You know what I just thought about? Somebody's going to clip that out. And Lori's making 666 hand oh. signs again. <laughs> and they're going to make a whole video out of it. And just, oh, that's really sad that I have to even think about that. Okay, so do you see what I'm saying? Depending on uh, the... the um, depending on whether you're looking through one hole or two holes, would it, would it give you any benefit of any greater distance by having two eyes versus one eye? And my answer is no, because the brain is going to only mix one image, right? The brain is doing that, not the eyes. Your eyes just are, just are telescopes, you know, they're just binoculars. So, you're getting two images on two retinas and they're getting mixed like stereo in the brain. Yes. I uh, probably improve a wee bit uh, if you don't have cross eye vision. Right. But it would be minimal, you know, what it would do. I mean, in my case, it, it's, it doesn't make it any easier because of my monovision. And my, if I look through binoculars that both have the same magnification, my brain has to adjust to that because I'm seeing crappy out of one eye for distance and good out of the other eye for, for, for not. So anyway, um, Lawrence, I want you to think about this too, uh, for, cause you love coming up with experiments. And so we need to come up with a way to experiment this, to, to, show this to people yeah and do and do a video because um yeah. philip's already done a couple videos using the sewer pipes which was effective enough just you know an eight foot long and a 12 foot long and or whatever sewer pipes and added them together made this contraption using the fence post or something <laughs> look across yeah. at this house they probably thought you were nuts that you were doing some kind of recon on on them, Philip. What what is that crazy man doing over there? Try looking into our windows with his sewer pipes. <laughs> um, okay, that's all. That's it for me, folks. That's all I got that's, for today. Yes. Okay. Today. Um, what time is it over there now in UK? Twenty quarter to one. Quarter to one, plenty late enough. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm going to get with you over the next couple of days to get this Blue Yeti hooked into your computer and make it work. Okay, Lawrence? Uh, okay, Lord, we can give it a try. Don't throw it in the rubbish bin yet. Thank you I for joining us, Philip, and uh, thanks for the new ideas. And um, 
we're going to, we'll pursue it a little farther and see where it takes us. You guys have a great evening. Yep. Good night listeners and good day. Bye-bye.